Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Lancashire Football Show. I'm your host, Ashley Edwards, and joining me as always this week, I have Ben, Matt and Callum. Last week, our biggest talking points focused around Accrington Stanley and Dion Charles, as well as Preston North End and their sacking of Alex Neal. However, this week, our biggest talking points are... Morecambe overcame tabletop as Cheltenham Town in a hard-fought battle at the Mazuma Stadium, continuing their fine run of form as we approach the business end of the season. Accrington Stanley fall to their biggest loss of the season, but even more concerning for John Coleman's side is that they lose another four key first-team players to injury. Just how much will this affect Stanley's playoff push? And Burnley fans will be delighted to read reports that goalkeeper Nick Pope will be starting all three games for the three lines during this international break. Inconsistency strikes yet again for Blackpool. A great win against Peterborough in midweek looked to be followed up by another three points against Plymouth Argyle yesterday. That was until another late equaliser. Two more points dropped. Are the playoffs out of reach now? And we look for Fleetwood. Simon Grayson signs a long-term deal as the manager. We'll look at what this means for them, what their aim should be next season and what this means for the club going forward. However, as always, we're going to kick it off in League 2 with Morecambe. Matt, another win for Morecambe this week. That's 2-1-0 wins in a row as well. How did they play? It was a really hard-fought, hard dogged performance, to be honest with you. Um, it was always going to be difficult against Cheltenham uh, at home, who've had a fantastic season. You know, before the game, they were sitting top of the league. Um yeah, they had one shot on target all game, capitalised on that, whereas Cheltenham had six and didn't score any. Um, highlighting how important it is to be clinical at this uh, at this level. Without a doubt, I think it's it's Morecambe's biggest win of the season so far. And with sort of Morecambe, obviously they're, they're now you know getting closer to, to being involved in that playoff push come the end of the season. Have they got the consistency they need now to maintain that? Hundred percent, yeah. They're, they're they're finding form at the right time. They had a bit of a, a, a wobbly spell at the end of January, start of February, but now looking at their form, they've they've only one loss in six with four wins and and one draw. So they're absolutely finding form at the right time of the season. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that uh, push on. I know Derek Adams is um, primarily focusing on on the automatic spots. He's not he's not settling for a playoff space. Um, so that tells you all you need to know in terms of uh, the club's mentality going ahead. That's good news for Morecambe fans this week. They're now in sixth. Uh, you know, not not too long to go now. I mean, the teams are, around them are, are doing okay as well. Obviously, Bolton are continuing their impressive run as well. Uh, they'll definitely be involved in the in the playoffs, and hopefully for for Ben, they'll be automatically going up, or else he might be having an heart attack come the end of the season. We'll move it over into into League One this uh, now. We're going to kick it off with Ake, uh, Accrington Stanley, Matt. They suffered a really big defeat um, yesterday, Saturday, uh, against Peterborough. Uh, but before we come to you, we're going to start with what their manager, John Coleman, had to say on the game. Um, today, it was just like all Albertes came up once, you know, gifted them first two goals. Uh, after seven minutes went, you know, they've gone a little bit of a sticky past themselves. And that gives them a shot of adrenaline. And I've got to take that off them because they were fantastic in front of goal today. They ran through us time and time again. The economy of effort for the finishing was brilliant. You know, I think our keepers actually made two saves in the game, um, which is saying something when we conceded seven. But, you know, we can't complain. We just, I've been around football long enough to know that there's certain days we're how many goals for you. 
And today, you know, what put the top hat on today? You bring the young, young Lee Fenlon on, and uh, he gets a glorious chance to go clean through, and he pulls his hamstring. And so you play in the last 20 minutes, you know, 15 plus five, with 10 men against the rampant team. We look as though they're going to score every time they get the ball. So, yeah, it was hard to take, but listen, I've, I've lost 8 2 here and we won the next game 2 0 with the same team. Coleman went on to admit that the current injury crisis within the camp is the worst that he's seen in his 24 years in football management. The big problem for me is not losing 7 today. I'm bitterly disappointed with that, and your pride takes it a, a beating for that. The big problem for me is I've lost four players to injury. And I can't ever remember being in this much of an injury crisis ever in the 20, 25 years of being managed, or 23, 24 years of being managed. I can't ever remember this. I've never lost four players in one game through injury. Um, and then added to that to about the six or seven, well, eight or nine who were on the team table. It's a crisis then. Matt, when speaking about Accrington, it's usually been quite positive, you know, since we started this podcast, whether this week, it's not been a good one, has it? No, it's it's the worst defeat of the season, uh, 7-0 away at Peterborough United. Um, looking at the game, like last week against Wigan, they, they fell behind to an early goal, but unlike last week, they couldn't respond in similar fashion and, and found themselves 2-0 down on, on nine minutes. And to be honest, the game spiralled from there. Um, I mean, obviously, they're without Dion Charles, who's on international duty. Um Undoubtedly a big miss for the team, but you know, Accrington Stanley aren't and, and never have been a one man team. So it is quite surprising to see Accrington in uh, you know such a heavy loss. It really is. Yeah, it is surprising because obviously after the season they've had, I think we have got to take into context that they were playing Peterborough. Yes, anyone can beat anyone, but Peterborough flying high at the top of the league and there's no excuses for a seven nil defeat at any at any level of, of football. Um, I watched the highlights from yesterday and they just looked defensively all over the place. I think maybe you could say for, for two of the seven that they got unlucky with the keeper making a save and and I think it Johnson Clark Harris following it up. But yeah, 7 0 at any level of football is embarrassing, really. And I think it, if I'm going to make a statement now, I think that is the end of Aki's playoff hopes altogether. Um, I just think it's, yes, your squad's injury struck, but the mentality to lose 7-0, that's questionable. Yeah, looking at the position, that there's still only four points off the playoffs, but given their injuries and the fact that the teams above them would have to drop points also, I, I think it's a long shot, like I said last week, for uh, for Accrington Stanley to make the playoffs. Obviously, it's something we'd all like to see, but personally, I, I don't think it will be uh, achievable. But that said, you know, it's still been a, a strong season for for John Coleman's men. So whatever happens, undoubtedly they'll they'll build on it over the summer and and look forward to hopefully another strong uh, strong campaign next time round. Yeah, I really think you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of Accrington have had a really good season. I think we we shouldn't let this result or even a few losses sort of blemish that. I mean, as long as they don't get involved in a relegation battle, which they they won't. I, I don't think they will. Um, I think you can say they still had a great season overall. It's just tinged with disappointment that they maybe couldn't finish the job off. I I think it, listening to what John Coleman said in his interview, we we just got to have sympathy with him. Is the injuries have just been so harsh on on his team, and 
it could have been such a different story had they not have, have, have been so unlucky. I mean, even yesterday, in just one game, they've lost another four key players in Mark Hughes, Sean McConville, Ben Barclay and Reese Fenlon. And that's all in one game, which takes a total of first team injuries to double figures now. At any level of football, that is so unfortunate. Four losses in, in five now for Atkinson there, you know, down at, at 13th, which isn't bad at all considering, you know, the, the club and, and the other clubs around them in that league. Obviously, their win come against uh, Wigan in their second well second to last game. Um, I think what's interesting is, uh, you know, a segue and moving into uh, Blackpool. Blackpool actually beat Peterborough 3-1 and it kind of maybe in a way shows the difference between those two Lancashire clubs. Um, I'm going to come over to you, Ben, with Blackpool just in a second. But first, we're going to listen to what their manager, Neil Critchley, had to say on his side's 2 all draw with Plymouth. Difficult one because over 90 minutes, um, you know, first half we were we were well off it. Plymouth were, you know, by far a better team, caused us a lot of problems. We were thankful that it was, you know, we came, we came in at 1-0 at half-time. Um, second half, obviously we got off to a great start and we were dominant. Um, deservedly went 2-1 up and we had some really good opportunities to go 3-1 up and we weren't clinical, weren't ruthless enough. And then um, you, you always run the risk of paying paying the price for that and we didn't finish the game off. And um, However, I thought we were comfortable. They didn't have any chances in the second half and we should see the game out and we've not done that, which was very similar to the Wimbledon game here recently. Um, so it, it always feels like a defeat when you can see that you know, an injury time equaliser. Um, so mixed mixed range of emotions. Really pleased with the second half. First half, no, not us at all. Um, but again, the players and the effort that they've given, and um, we've had a tough schedule. Plymouth had a free week, and I think that I think that shows. Um, but you know, it keeps the run going. You only you can it, sometimes you you always have that feeling of well, what if, um, and that'll be my feeling tonight. Ben, it was close to you know a big win for, for Blackpool. However, they dropped two points late again. It seems to be the same story near enough every week. Um, what happened there? Yeah, well, I think it's, as I touched on in the intro, it's it's just another case of inconsistency. You know, they went and beat Peterborough, like you said, in midweek. Fantastic win. You know, kick on from there. And it did look like they were going to get another three points yesterday against Plymouth. But that's... You know, a late equaliser in in injury time, and that's actually the third equaliser against them in injury time just this month. That's frightening. You know, I think I I hate being negative um, with regards to any Lancashire club because obviously we want to see them do well, and none of them are having a, a drastically bad season. But what does that say about the mentality of the squad? Yeah, I know fatigue plays a part, and and I don't think Plymouth had a midweek game whereas Blackpool did, but surely, you know, just close the game out. You learn from your previous mistakes. I mean, in terms of actual form, they are unbeaten over the last six games and the fourth in the League One form table, but in the actual table, the sixth, which is the last playoff spot. You know, I got my calculator out and if they hadn't have dropped any of the, those points in the last in the last minutes, they'd actually be fourth. And I think they'd be one point behind someone or two. Um, so, yeah, it, I think that is what's going to cost them in the end. Focusing on the mentality, Ben, um, like you say, uh, to lose three goals in equ- uh, sorry in, in injury time um, in this month alone is, is astonishing, really. 
what what does that do to the squad's mentality in such a strong part of the season? Obviously, we're at the business end of the season. Now is where they really need to start finding form, not looking over the shoulders when they do come to the end of the games. Yeah, well, the in terms of mentality, they're 11 unbeaten, which is impressive in itself. But you look at some of those 11 games, not even just the, the three I've mentioned in terms of late equalisers, they, they could have had more points on the board. And I think not only conceding late equalisers, but not winning games in general creates a, a sort of fear of, are we going to concede another late equaliser today later down the line and, and drop out of the playoff spots? I think for Blackpool, it's it's now a case of just, just simply just win games and try and secure that playoff spot before you get into sort of the last the last two games, the last game of the season. You don't want to go into the last game of the season having to give everything, you know, to get into the playoffs, to then be tired in the playoffs. And honestly, I think that's what's going to happen because just my personal opinion, I do still think Blackpool are good enough to get into the playoffs, you know. Like a touch on the 11 unbeaten, it's fantastic. I, I can see him carrying this record on, but what I can't see is them actually going on to win the playoffs because there's much stronger teams in the, the division that know how to hold on to a lead. You know, so you look at Sunderland yesterday, I do think Sunderland will go up automatically, but the only one to look at Bristol Rovers um, and they held on. It, it's, the, it's those sort of games against, no disrespect, but the teams fighting for the last at the bottom of the league that, you know, Blackpool and Sunderland should be beating that will determine who goes up eventually, really. And Cal, just to bring you into it, obviously we've mentioned that Blackpool have now creeped into the playoffs and they have still got, you know, a game or two in hand on, on some of the teams above them. Uh, ben said himself that he thinks they'll be involved in the playoffs come the end of the season. I agree, I think they will be as well. Do you think they have, it, they have enough, you know, within the squad to, to be involved as well? Yeah, I'd say so, especially if you look at their unbeaten record. You know, yeah, a lot of those have been draws, but I think sort of the mentality to keep being unbeaten. I know a lot of those could have been wins and they could be third or fourth by now, but I do believe they've probably just about got enough, especially with the results they've been getting recently. I think they can keep their heads above the teams like Gillingham, Charlton and Oxford. So I, I do see them being involved in some form, yeah. You know, it's it's very tight in League One this season, like we touched on previously, and it, it literally could come down to goal difference come the end of the season. Um, I think what will kill Blackpool eventually is the sort of mentality, like I've touched on, in terms of let, let's hypothetically say they get into the playoff final and go ahead. They're so used to conceding equalisers that it, it would almost feel like a second nature to do so. You know, how dis, how gutting would that be? I, I think whatever happens with Blackpool, I think they need to focus on the positives that just by looking at the manager they've got in place, you know, if they go up next season, uh, sorry, this season, then they'll be starting a campaign in the championship with a really, you know, strong young manager that that's really promising. If they do stay in League One, you know, if they don't make the, uh, the playoffs, if they, if they don't go up, then they've still got a really good manager at the helm who will be really hungry to to go one better and, and maybe compete for, for automatic spots as opposed to playoffs. Ben, just a final point on Blackpool. Um, obviously, they've got Swindon Town up next, their 19th. Um, two wins in the last five, uh, with the other three being losses. It's a must-win game that really, if it, you know, if they are going to achieve that playoff dream, like we've said, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it, every game's a must-win. Let's let's be honest. But um, these are the games that Blackpool should out and out win. They should. To be honest, they shouldn't even need to worry about conceding a late equaliser. It should be a case of oh, if we concede late on, it's just a consolation. They should be clear. Um, and I don't. I, you know, like I said, I don't like to be too negative because I agree with everything that Matt said there in terms of you know. Whatever the outcome, it has been a good season. But we'll have a good squad. If they can keep the majority of them, they will be up there come next season. Um, that's providing they don't go up this season. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of winning game, must win. And if they don't, I think it's very disappointing. I think what's interesting is that um, obviously the last round of fixtures, um, one of the Lancashire sides played Peterborough yesterday. One of our sides played Peterborough. And then in the next game on Friday, Fleetwood play Peterborough. So it's they're all getting a taste of it. Let's hope for Fleetwood though, it's not the same. And so far, under you know, under their new manager, Cal, they've they've done all right and he's been given a contract. Uh, you know, a long term contract now, hasn't he? Yeah, they've done they've done they've done very well and he's come in and he's done exactly what he came in to do. And I think it's probably no more than he deserves to to get that contract. I think they'd have been I suppose looking back on it now that he has got the contract, it probably would have been quite silly to go and look for someone else. I think he's done what he's come in to do and he's steadied the ship and he's got some good results in the meantime, beating the likes of Gillingham, Lincoln, drawing a couple of games as well. There's a couple of results in there where they could have done a bit better, but being 15th on 50 points, they're only seven points off sixth place. Probably not going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they expect to. And I think... There's there's probably there's a lot to look forward to with with Grayson and and David Dunleed in the ship there at Fleetwood. I think the board at Fleetwood deserve a lot of credit because you see it all the time, don't you? When a new manager comes in, they'll offer him a, a three year deal, four year deal, or whatever. And then when things go wrong, then they're in quite a predicament if if they have to part ways. Whereas Fleetwood did almost the opposite, didn't they? They gave him a deal until the end of the season to see how things play out, and then obviously the they're liking how things are going at the minute and as a result they've been able to offer him a a, a better deal now so I think they've managed that bit of business really well Yeah, you look at it as well before yesterday, I'm sorry before they lost to Swindon they'd not lost in six so it was a good string of results to get them away from the bottom and take them nearer to the top and you could say 15th is slightly lower than what they'd expect but They'd expect a respectable finish, and I think that is what they'll still get. And then next season, with a couple of new signings potentially, who knows? I think it, it could be a really good season, and there could be one of the many teams like Accrington battling it out to to get into that top six. Touching on sort of the other Lancashire sides, obviously. Uh, well, next up they've got Peterborough, and we saw Blackpool there. They beat them three-one. Obviously, we've spoke about Aki's encounter with them, which they'll soon wanting to be forget uh, to forget about. Obviously, the, you mentioned there that they're fifteenth, Acton the thirteenth, only three points separated. But do you think they have a better chance of? Well, will they perform better than Accrington did on Friday night? Yeah, I think they will, and I think you look at it. Peterborough are a very good side, no doubt about that, and they will probably get promoted. But it's a game where Fleetwood could well and truly get something out of it. You look at when they played Lincoln in March, no one expected them to beat Lincoln back then. Lincoln were in the top three. They beat them 2-1. So I think it is a game Fleetwood could potentially draw, at least, which would be a brilliant result. 
But I do, I do believe they'll perform better in it than Accrington. I don't think they'll lose as heavy. And I, I didn't expect Accrington, Accrington to either, to be fair. And just a final point, obviously, we mentioned Grayson's got that long-term contract now. Um, what do you think the board will be telling him, uh, you know, what they'll be wanting to achieve come next season? Obviously, now I think it's a case for them that they'll be building for next season. But what will they be wanting to achieve? Yeah, well, they'll probably already be building for next year. I think if you look at it last season, they made the playoffs, lost to Wickham, obviously, in the semi-finals. I think getting at least into the sort of top 10 would be the priority. And you'd really want them to be pushing for playoffs. I think they'd want to be pushing for playoffs, obviously being a progressive club. And I think one thing to touch on as well is is that with Grayson there, he's a manager that knows the league very well. So he can find players within the league to sign on, on cheaper deals who are still good players. But by signing players for sort of less money, it saves money and it, it gives more money for the squad. So I think there's a, there's quite a a good business standpoint from the decision keeping Grayson as well for Fleetwood. Yeah, just just for me to come in and, and sort of round it up, I think, in my opinion, it either goes one of two ways. Um, next season for Fleetwood with Grayson, I think it either goes very well and they end up in the playoffs or I think it, re- it goes really bad. And obviously, we want it to go really well. Um, but I don't think he's going to... I don't think it'll be sort of a mediocre season, like I said. I think it'll it'll go one way or the other. It'll definitely be interesting to see what happens come next season. Cal Preston offended obviously we went into it a lot last week about Alex Neal and his departure. Has there been any update on the on the manager situation there and who they're gonna bring in? Yeah, they're not looking to bring anyone in until at least the end of the season. They've got Frank McAvoy steadying the ship and uh, as interim boss. And they've also got Paul Gallagher, Preston legend, on the um, coaching staff as well. So I think they're going to go with that till the end of the season. But it's going to be interesting because they've got Norwich on Good Friday. And we all know Norwich are high-flying at the top of the table and destined for the Premier League once again. So that's going to be interesting for Preston. A tough game, but equally a very good one for, for McAvoy to try and give a little bit of positivity to the North End fans if a result could come their way on Good Friday. Uh, am I right in saying that uh, the powers that be at Preston North End have come out and hinted that if McAvoy does a good job, then the job is his to uh, to take? Yeah, I think so. I think I don't think that will be the case. I think he'll probably just do enough to either keep them around where they are or a couple of places above. I, I don't see them losing too many more to be dragged into it in terms of a relegation battle. But I think they probably would look to to go and find someone externally. But obviously for Preston fans, you do hope he does well. And just before we move on to to Blackburn Rovers, I think it's key to know that Preston North End have actually lost the second most amount of games in in the championship this season. With 20 losses, only Wickham have lost more with with 23, and obviously they're the bottom side. Uh, Preston in 16th, you know, all the teams below them haven't lost, you know, as many. I think that's key to to sort of prove the fact that the Alex Neal sacking decision for Preston was probably the right decision. But to see our chat on Preston North End and whether Neil sacking Neil was the right choice, uh, just check out our previous episode 
um, where we we discussed whether it was fair. And I think it's fair to say that as a podcast, we we agreed that it was the right decision. Uh, moving over to to Blackburn now, like we said, there's nothing much to to talk about. Ben, who've they got up next? So over the Easter period, they've got sort of a contra- contrasting set of fixtures. Um, on Good Friday, they, they travel away to face Wickermoo. Obviously, bottom of the league, they, they look like they're going to go down back to League One. Um, it's it's a game that Blackburn really, really should win. Uh, but then saying that, it's somewhere that Preston went the other week and lost. So, uh, I mean, three points is never guaranteed in the Championship. Um, moving on to Easter Monday, they then come back up north to, to face Bournemouth at Ewood Park. And Bournemouth season's been a bit, a bit of a mixed one in terms of they're not where they, they wanted to be, but they're not desperately far um, during the playoff mix, and that's going to be a tough game. But you know what? It really wouldn't surprise me. Blackburn lost to Wickham and then beat Bournemouth. It's been that sort of season. Um, but I think for Blackburn now, like we touched on, it's just a case of, of maintaining the, the position in the league. And just one um, sort of piece of information that I wanted to highlight is he's saying well done to Harvey Elliott, who Obviously, he's on loan at Blackburn and he's been named this week as one of the top 50 wonder kids in world football by Goal. Now, I presume Goal are uh, some sort of news organisation. So, well done to him. Definitely. I think what's also key to note is only one win in the last five for Blackburn. They'll be wanting to bounce back. And as we said, Wickham have the most losses in the league. And, you know, who better to sort of bounce back and start a strong finish to the season uh, by beating them? Moving over to the to the Premier League now, Matt, we're going to touch on Burnley. Obviously, they haven't played, but they're number one. Nick Pope, he's you know he's becoming England's number one over this short period, and whether that will affect Southgate's ultimate decision come the summer, we'll see. But as I said, for the next few games, he's going to be England's number one, isn't he? Yeah, he may I... as well not play the other night though. <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah, when they say no spectators are allowed, well, Nick Pope was allowed to watch for 90 minutes, wasn't he? Um, yeah, it's quite a contrasting week, isn't it, for, for Burnley fans? I know last week there was uh, a lot of disappointment and anger that, once again, James Tarkovsky had been overlooked for the squad for whatever reasons we won't delve into. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as a result of the injury sustained to Jordan Pickford before the international break, it, it comes as, as no surprise, really, to see reports that Nick Pope will be given the number one starting spot for all three England games. Um, he's more experienced than his counterparts in, in Dean Henderson and Sam Johnston, despite their fine form uh, this season, respectively. Now, a stat that I saw which was really quite impressive was Pope has now equaled Chris Wood's England record of keeping clean sheets in his first five internationals, which is about 350, uh, sorry, 340 minutes of football without conceding. Now, we look into those games, and those games have come against Costa Rica, Kosovo, Wales, the Republic of Ireland, and of course, San Marino. So no disrespect to those teams, but you could argue that things would be different if they faced, you know, sterner tests. But that said, it's still international football. So to, to have such a record in international football is uh, is magnificent in my eyes, and, and it's great to see uh, Nick Pope being given the chance that, uh, in my opinion, is 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 so desperately deserved. Yeah, I'm going to give a, a shout out to Deck Clark as well, who's who's on the sports journalism course second year at UConn as well. Um, he, I was speaking to him the other, the other day about Nick Pope as well, and 
as a Burnley fan, and I'm sure he'll be sharing this with all Burnley fans, that he's you know he's delighted that Nick Pope's getting this opportunity. He, you know, he pointed out that he's kept these clean sheets, even if he was a spectator against San Marino. You know, he's 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 slowly getting that experience, and I think fairly uh, putting it into Southgate's mind um, that he should maybe be England's number one in the summer. Do, are these next two games? You know, you mentioned. You know, harder opponents. These games are, are quite big in terms of they're not just friendlies, they're World Cup qualifiers. Is this a good opportunity for him to prove that he's ready? I think it is, yeah. Um, but ultimately speaking, I think regardless of how Pope does, personally, from my opinion, I think Southgate will always opt for Jordan Pickford. That's just what I think. I'm not saying that's right, but I, I think Pickford will always be Southgate's number one. I mean, if, if he didn't get injured in the game against Burnley before the international break... I would have thought that it would have been Pickford starting all these games and, and not Nick Pope. So, yeah, um, it is good to see him being given the opportunity. But looking at the bigger picture, I, I do think it will be uh, Jordan Pickford taking that number one spot come the Euros and, and potentially World Cup in uh, in 2022. Yeah, they, they play Albania tonight, don't they? And let's be honest, no disrespect to Albania, but that should be another, another routine victory. I think the stern test for... But Paul will come on, I think it's Wednesday, when Poland um, come to Wembley, obviously facing Lewandowski and and various other more well-known um, players. I think what's key to note as well is that, you know, in the next week, you know, from today of recording, which is Sunday, Nick Pope could be playing, you know, three games because next Sunday, obviously before the, the next episode goes out, you know, be playing for Burnley against Southampton, which, you know, we... We won't touch on too much because we'll be reflecting on that game come next Sunday. But um, you know, he's 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 building up a lot of experience, and and like we said, Pickford is going to be Southgate's number one most likely because it's it's who he seems to be trusting at the minute. But Matt, do you think, obviously, going back to Burnley and talking about sort of Sean Dyche and uh, and the decision there, you know, Burnley's number two. I think it's Peacock Farrell in it. Yeah. Uh, do you think Pope's going to be playing all three games in the next week? Um. I I don't see why he wouldn't. The only the only reason that that Pope would possibly miss the game against uh, Southampton would be potential injury. Um, that's the only reason, to be honest with you. Um, hopefully for Burnley fans, he comes through the, uh, the 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 two remaining international games unscathed, and and they'll see him starting next next Sunday. Um, yeah, that's the only reason why I, I can't imagine Pope starting. Let's hope when we're reflecting next Sunday, he'll come away with three clean sheets and. Hopefully, for for the sake of Burnley and for the for this podcast, he'll be giving Southgate um, a real test, and and hopefully come the summer. I mean, I think three of us last week said that we'd like to see Pope as England's number one. So hopefully, that'll happen. Uh, I think that's a great place to end this week's podcast. Thank you to Ben, Matt, and Callum again for joining me. Um, if you want to get involved or have any talking points that you want us to discuss then feel free to get in touch. All of our Twitter accounts will be in the podcast description. And just to know that our theme music that you can hear at the start and at the end of this podcast, as well as in the breaks between the leagues, is by a group called The Cavs. You can check out all of their social media pages in the description of this podcast. This is the Lancashire Football Show, and I'm your host, Ashley Edwards, and we'll see you next week.